Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Karen sends a disabled man to the ER. So, most of you know me, but for those that don't, here's a brief backstory. I am 33 female, and I double RN for a local clinic during the day and ER overnight. I am married with three children. On with the post. So, it was an ordinary day at the clinic. There wasn't much going on since Kevin. Just dealing with the usual PT was coughing, sneezing, or minor bodily injury. When a young man, let's call him Todd, enters with his service dog, a beautiful border collie. Naturally, the dog brings out all the ladies in the office, myself included. My AA, administrative assistant, nicknamed Cole, does her regular scripted greeting towards the patient and asks the young man what brings him in. He has come in because he wasn't feeling well. The AA gets him started with the paperwork while myself and the MA, medical assistant, and rad tech are making cooing towards this sweet fur baby. While the PT is filling out the paperwork, this small conversation took place. I'm like, hi sir, how are you today? What brings you in? And Todd says, well you see, I haven't been feeling well. I'm having difficulty breathing in and out of my nose and am congested in my chest. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Can I ask? Why do you have a service dog? We are legally allowed to ask this question due to ADA guidelines. And he says, Oh, I was born with Usher syndrome. What's Usher syndrome? And he says, Usher syndrome is where over time you progressively lose your ability to see or hear. In my case, it started when I left my mom. Yeah, because of my condition, I've also developed an anxiety condition that Abby was trained to sense and cue me down. So I said, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, sir. Please don't hesitate to call or ask us for help filling out any of the paperwork. And he says, Oh, thank you, but that won't be necessary. I can see a little, but some things are blurry. But thanks for asking. And I say, Oh, sure, sir. If you need any assistance, let us know. By the way, your doggo is really sweet. What breed is she? And Todd says, Oh, Abby? She's a three year old boarder, and she's been my best friend for years. I don't know what I would do without her. I've raised her since she was a pup. And I reply, Oh, how sweet. Well, I best be getting back to work. I'll be seeing you and Miss Abby in just a minute. Let me or Nicole know if you need anything. We then part ways, but only briefly to go get the room ready for Todd and Abby. That's when we hear the door chime, indicating that another visitor has entered the facility. Per Nicole, she introduced our Karen, and this woman looks like a version of Christy Alley, hands her the necessary paperwork, and Karen goes to sit down, only a few seats down from Todd. Todd gets up to hand Nicole the paperwork that he's filled out, Abby perks up, and helps Todd across the room. Karen apparently didn't like this, and keeps grunting and throwing nasty looks in Todd and Abby's direction. Todd and Abby take their seat and are waiting on myself and the MA to bring them to the back. Karen gets up and approaches Nicole and says, here you go, and she hands back the clipboard with the paperwork. 
Nicole says, Ah, ma'am, I'm so sorry, but I noticed you haven't completed your paperwork. Is there something I could help you with? No, I don't feel comfortable in here. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Can I ask how I can make you feel more welcome? And she says, Why, yes. You can start by removing that filthy flea bag. Nicole says, Ah, ma'am, I am sorry, but that is something I cannot do. Karen barks back, Ugh, why not? It's unsanitary to have a filthy animal in a sterile field. That dog doesn't belong in here. Perfect timing. Poor Abby perks her ears up as she's hearing an ambulance pass by the clinic with its horn blaring, brings to howl. And Karen says, Oh, shut up, you filthy flea bag. She screeches at the dog. Shut that stupid mutt up. Todd says, I'm so sorry. Shush, Abby. He pulls on her lead and tries to get Abby to settle down. Look, she doesn't often do this. Bullcrap. That mangy mutt probably isn't a real service dog anyway. Probably just bought the vest off eBay. You lying shithead? Nicole says, Ma'am, I am so sorry, but you cannot be approaching our other patients or the dog. The dog is a service dog for this patient. Please lower your voice. It may disturb the other patients in the office. She then tries to redirect Karen and says, Would you like my help filling out your paperwork so you can be seen by the provider? No, I want this mutt removed and to speak to your provider. Sure, ma'am. Nicole places a brief call to the back nurse station and requests that I come to the front and gives a brief indication that there is an urgent matter happening out front. So I get up to go to the front where I greet and meet our Karen. I say, hi, ma'am. How are you today? Not so good, honey. You see, I came in here because I'm experiencing a lady problem and this beast here keeps making inappropriate noises and stinks. I've asked your receptionist here to do her job and get that beast out of here and she refuses to kick that kid and his mutt out. It is just not okay. So I say, oh, well, I am so sorry to hear that. What noises are you hearing that you find inappropriate? It's howling, panting, and it's just so nasty and unsanitary. I say, I'm sorry, ma'am, but per the ADA, we cannot discriminate against the disabled or prevent them from using a service animal. What? He's abusing that animal. How can you people be so cruel and disgusting? You'll burn in hell, you pieces of crap. She wags her finger at Todd. And I say, ma'am, that is enough. You're going to have to calm down or I'm going to have to ask you to leave. There is no need for that name calling or for this issue to escalate. The dog is a service animal and is here to assist his owner in daily tasks. Now, if you would like to still be seen by myself or my provider, I can go ahead and take you to the back and have you wait in an exam room. And she says, really? I want to see that mutt's papers. She approaches Todd with her hands out, demanding for his registration papers. So I say, ma'am, and I get between her and Todd to prevent Karen from getting too close to Todd. That is not necessary, and you're not allowed to ask anyone for proof of identification or medical necessity. I think it's best you find another physician's group to care for you, as we won't be able to help you today. Karen says, ah, how dare you? Why can't you see me? And why do I have to leave? That monster and his filthy mutt should leave. I demand you kick them out. And I say, ma'am, I have asked you to stop yelling. I am sorry, ma'am, but I will not be able to treat you today as you are acting very inappropriate and are causing a commotion here. Could you please leave? She replies, oh, shut up. 
I can do and say whatever the hell I want to. And I will not leave until I'm seen and that monster with his mutt are thrown out. While my back and attention was focused on Karen, Abby had gotten up and was alerting to her own distress cues from Todd. All of Karen's screaming had begun to make Todd panic. That's when Todd stood up, grabs Abby's lead, and just collapses on the floor after slightly hitting one of the other chairs in the waiting room. I quickly turn around and rush to Todd and daughter Nicole to get the MA and other RN. And she says, "'Oh, stop faking it, you stupid idiot!' Scuffing and approaches Todd. She kicks his boot, trying to make him move. Nicole returns with my MA and RN while all three of us attend to Todd. Nicole then asks for Karen to step back a bit and she says, why the hell do I have to step back? He's faking it. Get that damn mutt out of here. I told you this was no place for him. So I say, shut the hell up, damn it. Which is not my finest hour, but I was panicked and irritated at this woman's audacity. The whole room goes quiet. This would be one of the very rare occasions that I have ever gotten this angry. I call over my shoulder for Nicole to phone the authorities and an ambulance. I proceed to position Todd on his back. With the help of the RN, I check his airways and use my hands to feel the back of his neck and head to make sure there is no bleeding or swelling. I also use my stethoscope to check his heart and lungs. I then proceed to try and wake Todd up. He is not responding. I take out my ophthalmoloscope from my scrub jacket's pocket and I try to look into Todd's eyes. I check his pulse and ask my RN to get his blood pressure and pulse oximeter using her wrist cuff. I speak over my shoulder to my MA to start an IV line. I don't think it's life-threatening, but I don't want to risk it with how quickly Todd went down. Besides, he did say that he was having issues breathing and I know that we don't have that type of equipment within the office if he begins to code. The longest 20 minutes of my life and an IV drip started, Todd is on the gurney bed of an ambulance and is being loaded into the back of it. I turned to the local authorities that followed the ambulance and asked them to remove Karen from the premises. She says, but you haven't even asked about how I was doing. And I say, ma'am, you'd be lucky that I don't personally press charges against you for assaulting myself, my staff, and that patient. You should be ashamed of yourself. And she says, oh, pish posh, I did nothing wrong. You should be arrested for allowing that beast in here. And the officer says, enough is enough. Karen, please follow me. And she says, but, and the officer dragged her out of the office. The office did press for a trespassing ordinance against Karen and escorted her out of the building. We haven't seen or heard from her since. As for Todd, and thanks to one of the daytime employees at the local ER, Todd is doing much better and needed to be observed overnight due to his head trauma and cardiac arrhythmia, just for precautions. He made a full recovery. When his relatives arrived at the hospital, the parents pressed assault charges against the Karen. I have been in communication with their attorney. I will update you when I get any additional information. And now in the comments, I am a firm believer in always pressing charges against these types. She became such an entitled piece of smegma because she has never faced consequences. Just want to put it out there to everyone that if you are to encounter a person with a service animal, you are not to approach the animal and distract them from their work. In some areas, it is even a misdemeanor and you could end up with a fine and jail time. Don't you just wish you could stuff a dirty sock in some people's mouths? That was purely disgusting. 
better than a sock, some seriously skid-marked underpants, put back some of the nastiness they're spewing from their mouths. Our next post is titled, Entitled Neighbor Helps Herself to My Garden. Well, I should have known that no good deed goes unpunished. We have a small vegetable and herb garden in the corner of our yard. Two neighbors have the ability and my permission to reach over the fence and snip off any herbs they need. We always grow much more than we can use. One neighbor has been doing it for years with no problems. He takes a sprig or two a few times a week and always asks if he needs more than usual. He repays me in beautiful roses, but I would have no problem with not getting them in return. The other neighbor never cooked, so he never took any. Now he has a new girlfriend, and she happened to introduce herself while I was planting the herbs, so I offered her some once it has a chance to grow a bit. So, of course, two weeks after I planted, she snips off all but a few leaves off every effing herb. Two weeks. I was livid. My boyfriend went over and explained that it was too soon. The plants were tiny, not ready, etc. He's much nicer than I am, and the neighbor apologized profusely and said the girlfriend wouldn't be going anywhere near the herbs until I specifically allow it. A week later, I catch this idiot out there with a pair of scissors, but it's only been a week and there is nothing to freaking snip out there yet. Apparently, she can't make meatballs without parsley, and the grocery store within walking distance is too far to go. One of my plants has three leaves on it. Seriously. The other neighbor doesn't dare take anything before mid-July. Certainly, he would never touch anything before I did. We look at each other for a few seconds, and then I just said, please get your herbs at the store from now on. I can't believe I managed to think of that. Usually, I think of a great comeback 10 minutes after the fact. She turned bright red and went in the house. Hopefully, she embarrassed herself enough to stay away. I don't want to have problems with this neighbor. He's nice and quiet and doesn't bother anyone. Tomorrow, it will be a week since I caught her again. We'll see what happens. Update, just got home and had a chat with a nice neighbor who told me that the oversnipper and her boyfriend had some kind of disagreement a few days ago and he looked like he was sick of her crap. He hasn't seen her car since. Yes, he is old and nosy. He also plans to buy some parsley and basil seedlings to put on his side of the fence out of her reach. I gave him some pots and cinder blocks to put them on. You can't really see them from the other neighbor's yard unless you crane your neck, so that should work. With any luck, I will not be posting about her climbing into his yard through mine in the near future. And now in the comments, like, did she think that you wouldn't have a problem with your plants being snipped down to a stem and a few leaves? Did she not know plants take time to grow? It astounds me how people can see the inch you've extended to them as a favor and take a hell of a lot of miles. So rude. I tried growing some herbs and flowers from seed for the first time last year. Gives me appreciation for all the work that goes into growing plants. And OP replies, LMAO, these were my exact questions when it first happened. Get a surveillance camera for the garden? I think Ring even has ones that you can hide in plant pots. And OP says, I can just count the leaves on my poor little plants. They'll still grow. It's just that now the nice neighbor and I have to wait longer for our first snip, and that sucks. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Unexposed is titled, My mother-in-law came into our apartment, into our bedroom, and gently woke my husband up. For context, my in-laws have a vacation home an hour and a half away from all of our primary residences. This home is divided into two sections, their home below and ours is on the second floor. My husband is one of two children and we pay all expenses, maintenance of boat, electricity, water, taxes, etc. On to the story. So I've been sick for a week. I fell asleep on the outside couch because I needed to sleep sitting up. It was horrible trying to sleep sitting up, so I was exhausted. Around 4am, I woke up and, missing my bed, went back to my room to snuggle with my husband. Of course, I had a little bit of a tough time getting to sleep. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, I was knocked out. The bliss was temporary. Less than four hours later, I am starting to see my mother-in-law laughing like a sneaky child at Christmas to wake my husband up with caresses. I stared at her, shocked, and her explanation was that she had had a bad dream about him. She had heard me at 4am and knew that I had gone to my room to sleep, but felt entitled enough to wake me from four hours sleep. In our apartment, in our bedroom. I told my husband that I was beyond pissed. I told him that we need to pay more, rental-wise, so that she doesn't feel entitled to pull this crap. Her obsession with my husband is real. You would think after 35 years, she'd get over not having her baby at her beck and call. It's a known joke amongst everyone, including the younger sibling who is resentful, rightfully so. Husband thinks she had a moment of insanity and I need to let it go. I think we need to pay rental money so she doesn't feel entitled since she owns the house. Unexposed is titled, My Dad Thinks I Don't Know He's Stalking Me. So I'm not sure where else to post this, solely because my dad repeatedly tells me that he's entitled to know what I'm doing and to follow me wherever I am because he's my father. Since 2018, my dad has been demanding I engage in a relationship with him. He cheated on my mother for her whole pregnancy, ran off with the other woman, and fathered another kid with her. All when I was two years old. And then, radio silence for 20 years. All of a sudden, he's demanding entry back into my life and that I be the sister to his other child. His words were, he deserves to know who his sister is. Like, I'm not even allowed to know where you are for 20 years, but this kid is entitled to demanding a relationship from me that I don't even want? Okay, sure, Jan. There have been a lot of precipitating events since then, but recently, I'm starting to get worried. 
I blocked his phone number, blocked him on Facebook, and blocked him on Snapchat. He told me he has every right to contact me because he's my father, and I tell him to eat crab. I was really very clear that I wanted nothing to do with him. All of a sudden, he finds me on TikTok and follows me there. I posted about it so everyone who follows me there will know who he is and what's happening in case the situation escalates. I feel like there is no place I can go on the internet to get away from him. A lot of people in the comments have told me that I'm being stalked. I want to report it, but I don't think I have a record of him making threats other than, I'm your father, and if I want this, then it's going to happen. And without an explicit violent threat, there is technically no crime from what I've read of California state law. I know this sub isn't for legal advice, but his whole line of logic is literally, I am entitled to harass you and make you afraid because I am your father. Has anyone had to deal with something similar from an entitled parent? And now in the comments, Given the timing mentioned, you're at least 21 to 22 years old, which means you're an independent adult now. He has zero right to your life simply because he was a sperm donor at one point. I'm not a lawyer, so don't accept any of this as definitive, but here are my thoughts. 1. Save any and all electronic communication. Text messages, Snapchat, TikTok, etc. Screenshot if you have to. Include your responses of telling him to leave you alone. 2. Anytime he contacts you, tell him to leave you alone and stop harassing you, and then block him. That's the only message you send. Do not engage, do not answer any questions, simply send back, leave me alone, and stop harassing me. 3. Go down to your local police station and call the non-emergency number and ask what they suggest you do. If your father lives in the same town and city, maybe they would be able to contact him telling him to stop. If he lives in a separate town or city, consider calling a police station closer to him and ask what they recommend. This could go any number of ways, including being a complete waste of time, but you never know until you ask. And finally, look for family lawyers in your area and see if any offer a free consultation. You might be able to spend a small amount of money and get one to draft a cease and desist letter. It doesn't really have any weight to it, but it can be a first step to filing a restraining order. Did this piece of crap ever pay child support? If not, then sue him back for child support. I think in Tennessee, you have seven years after your 18th birthday or the first time he contacts you if he has been hiding all this time. Entitled sperm donors run when you hit them where it hurts. Do this after the restraining order. Tell him your mother confessed to a one night stand and he's not your father. OP says, I read this comment to my mom and she thought it was hilarious. Her response was, if it wasn't for the fact that you look exactly like him. <laughs> and that is where I'm going to end the episode today, guys. I do hope you enjoyed. If you did, let me know what you thought of it, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.